we went splunking in Bowling Green for buried treasure. <laughs> Welcome to Best Motorcycle Roads. I'm Tom. And I'm Todd. We have over 30 years of motorcycling experience and 15 years of planning and riding motorcycle trips. We're here to share with you everything we've learned over those years. Our goal at Best Motorcycle Roads is simple. Make your next motorcycle trip the best it can be. We'll dive into technology, planning, packing, the routes, other tips, and everything in between. From essential prep to unforgettable routes, we've got you covered. Before we kickstart today's journey, we ask you to sign up for our BMR Rider Alerts. It's our way of keeping you in the loop with the latest rides, tips, and stories. We promise no spam, only the essentials to enhance your motorcycle adventures. Join the BMR crew today. We'll put a link in the show notes. This segment about motorcycle gear reviews and tips we call the toolkit. So first, just uh, talking about ear protection. I know we've mentioned this before, but uh, man, I wish... That when I when we first started riding bikes, I would have worn just just those little foam earplugs. Yeah. Um, the wind noise, I think, is what it is for me, and I I'm known for riding bikes without much windshield, mm-hmm. and it's a big difference. Uh, the Huge. just that white noise, I guess it probably would be called. Yeah. It's it's hard on the hearing, for sure. Um, I just go buy a big bag at the hardware store or a big box of them. <laughs> P- the keep them in the bike. Ones, yeah, right? you yeah. tweak, make them small, put them in, and they kind of get into your ear. Yeah. Um, I know a couple guys have the custom earplugs too. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a funny shape ear or have issues, you can get those custom ones made, but it makes a big difference. And, you know, we talk about the communicators and the helmets all the time, but it's not a factor. Not at all. No. I mean, and I, I ride behind a large uh, windshield on my Goldwing yeah. helmet on, and you know, the communicators, but when I put the plugs in, all that other noise is gone. I can just hear the communicators. It's fantastic. Yeah, I love it. Couldn't couldn't recommend it more. Yeah. Like I said, if you want to start with the cheap ones, they're they're not even a dollar per pair, I don't yeah. think. But yeah. so yeah, totally big recommendation there. So and then secondly, maybe just some of the GPSs. Um not necessarily any, but um so since I was starting to ride this twenty twenty two Goldwing they got CarPlay and Android Auto on the dash. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable game changer. And then right about the same time as I got that, um, they started to come out with the, the handlebar mounted versions at reasonable prices. Um, yeah. For just over 100 bucks, you can actually get a cheap, the basic model. Um, this connects your phone, whether you're Apple or Android, um, and just brings it up. Glove-friendly, waterproof. Um, kind of like a no-brainer almost. Like, yeah. I don't know, like you and I both like to have, well, you and Brad always have had your phone. You know, mm-hmm. we've talked about the problems you've had, you know, the third phone later that you've right. wrecked because of, this allows you just to put your phone in a protected pocket where it's charging and then it's just connected and you can use your handset. And man, the one on the Goldwing, it's a little clunky to figure out all the, the buttons. This would be a lot easier with the, th- with the you know, with touch buttons. It's so nice, though. Um, yeah. Popping back and forth, it reads to you. You can talk to it through the headset. Um, so this is this is a standalone five inch. Yeah. Yep. Mounted on the handlebar, it's like another GPS. It's waterproof. Has a little sunshade on some of them. Wow. You plug it in. You plug it into the bike. Bike turns on. You turn this thing on. It Bluetooths to your phone. Nice. Yeah. I mean, and you have all the apps. So just like a you would in a 
the cars that have Android Auto or have CarPlay, you have all. It's the same app. So. Sounds it sounds expensive though. Hundred and twelve dollars for the cheap one. <laughs> really? The most expensive ones are three to four hundred dollars, and those include cameras and tire pressure monitor sensors. Wow. So like, again, we talk about this a lot. I know like you know we're not for everybody. We're not trying to cheap our way into these trips, but it's a no-brainer again. I mean, the cameras, having video, yeah, um, having the tire pressure monitors. We've talked about the tire problems that we've had before. Yeah, three hundred bucks even for that. Uh, I think it's pretty slick. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a must-have. All right, you've talked me into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can get a new bike though. Like you can oh, get true. it with that too. So maybe I'll do yeah. that. Instead. By the time you had a seat in one of these, Todd, you're pretty much all the way to a new bike. <laughs> All right. That'll be the story, right? Yeah. Yeah. RideWise is the section we focus on planning and safety tips. And when uh, we're talking about like group riding rules, uh, some of the things that I like to, you know, remind everybody is we want to communicate early, uh, want to maintain our spacing, and really want to be predictable for (laughs) for other riders, you know, that are behind you. Yeah. Um, Do your regular maintenance. before you leave on your trip, uh, we've had issues because we haven't. Uh, check your tire pressures. Uh, look at the brakes. Uh, check all the lights. Um, check your oil levels, your coolant levels, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. It's all vital, you know, for for your safety. And uh, weather awareness. Um, you know, adjust your riding style in in bad weather. You know, give yourself some more space. Slow down. Um, because a puddle in the road, if, if you're doing 55, 60 miles an hour, it can cause you to hide, hydroplane pretty easily. So, uh, you know, just slow down. Give yourself some more distance between riders and between cars. I've noticed, too, in the south, the puddle in the road, sometimes a pothole. Puddles sometimes a hole. That's true. A big hole. A big hole, You know, yeah. um, sometimes the roads you're riding on are back roads, two lanes. They're not getting all the attention always um, as Great other point. roads. So... And then the other thing to do that kind of is really tightly coupled with that is look ahead to construction, because now I've heard that maybe some parts of the Tale of Dragon in 2024, they're talking about resurfacing part of it. Oh. So what you wouldn't want to do is get down there and it not be open. Or, you know, certain <laughs> roads are closed, certain bridges, yeah. um, things like that, um, just to kind of look ahead. Great, great points, Tom. Um, you know, know your, know your limits uh, as a rider and, you know, don't push it. Stay in your comfort zone. Yeah. Uh, the worst thing would be to go on a long motorcycle trip, find a nice technical road, and then lay your bike down. Uh, right. You know, hurt your bike, hurt yourself, uh, hurt your friends. <laughs> uh, want everyone coming back in one piece. So um, just kind of know your limits and, and don't go past that. And, and always, always, you know, assume that you're invisible yeah. when you're on a bike. Um, not mm-hmm. everybody looks for motorcycles. Uh, we're, we're easy to miss. Uh, believe it or not, uh, I I know myself. I've looked both ways, and uh, a third time just before I pulled out, and here's a motorcycle that yeah. I didn't see at the first glance. So, um, you know, just a few safety tips to to always keep in mind. And we've had, I would say that every ride, there's some, there's a close call, and maybe it's not super close, but again, I know we preach and continue to talk about helmet communicators, but holy moly, is it great! Yeah. To be like, car, 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 you know, like, you know, because who knows, that person might be looking over here, car coming from over here, you know, so um, same thing with the road. I know I've had a couple close calls with just almost getting off the edge because mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out our next thing. So, yeah, just um, helmet communicators, paying attention, 
staying alert, it's hard. So Yeah. Yeah. A lot to think about. The next segment is what we call the mile marker. It's our story segment. Is This is a rude highlight this time, so we're talking about our trip um, down to see the Andy Griffith Museum, which was fun. Um, kind of a trip that was a little bit hard to plan, I guess I would say. Mostly because when you start to factor in these things we've talked about all the time, is like maximum ride days. We, probably, we put about 400 miles on our maximum ride days. And so uh, Mayberry is about 750 miles from where we start off in Iowa. So it's one of these trips, and I think we've mentioned this before, but sometimes you can have alternate routes. This one was no alternates because it was like, it was going to take us the full, mm-hmm. we really had to push it to get there, and then you got to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was a five-day trip for us, and it was all, you know, we were just rolling um, those yeah. those whole trips, so... Um, a number of great places for us from our vantage point coming a little bit from the north and west to visit, though. Um, and But one of the things we like to talk about is just doing those Googling of state landmarks, state parks, um, biggest ball of yarn, maybe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but then you can get into the city level. Like when we looked at Mount Airy, which is the kind of Mayberry town. You know, we looked in, yeah, um, then we looked at the city level. What does the Chamber of Commerce have to offer? You know, I think that's where we found, like, maybe the restaurant Mm -hmm. 12 Bones, but, um, so yeah. 13 Bones. Thank you. (laughs) It was 13. It's a a baker's dozen, my bad. Um, And then the first night, so if we look at day one, we stayed overnight the first night in French Lick, Indiana, home of Larry Bird, um, and there's um, also the French Lick Springs Hotel, I guess. We didn't stay there. It's quite a fancy place, but they're known for their mineral springs oh, yeah. um, that they have in there. So, But it was kind of fun, you know, to stay in there. Day two, we kind of, we hit a couple different towns along the way. Santa Claus, Indiana, which was kind of cool. There's a toy shop and everything's Santa Claus themed. And, uh-huh. and it's just kind of fun when you go some, through some of these towns. That's the fun part, I think, is just seeing these. And then, for me, the hidden gem on this uh, was really the Corvette Museum. Uh, what a great experience, and that's the splunking, um, not sure. Reference, oh yeah. Yeah, Yeah. the sinkhole. February of 2014, the National Corvette Museum had a sinkhole, actually buried a number of cars. Uh, A lot of vintage and even up to the new Corvettes at the time fell in the hole, and that was quite a sight to see, and there was, there was a lot going on there. Yeah, it was right, right in the middle of the museum. It just, Mm -hmm. it opened up the floor. (laughs) Floor fell in, and all these cars went down, in, and it was a large cavern. It was a big hole. It was a big hole. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite parts about that is they kind of put a porthole in. Yeah. And you could look down, because they actually didn't take all the cars out, which no, was kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah, they um, kind of glassed over it so you could walk over it or look in, yeah, I remember. Yeah, it was uh, not huge, but... Yeah. Uh, and then they had a couple cars that they had pulled out and didn't mm-hmm. do anything with. They left them kind of in a wreckage state. Yeah, kind of mangled. And, I don't know. It was neat. Um I did not know, I'm not a huge Corvette fan. I don't, like, hate Corvettes, but wow, what a history of, and they had it really well laid out. I thought it was kind of a indoor outside. They kind of had, like, a, yeah. Yeah, I had a super uh, appreciation for Corvettes. Right. You know, after going through that entire museum, I, I didn't know all the changes and innovations they had made along the way. And, yeah, they, there were some great looking cars in there oh my gosh i think one of the neatest things i think now and i I don't know what year they went to the mid-engine corvette you know the current corvette but they've been working on that from like the 70s like they were trying to find a mid-engine corvette that whole time and it just wasn't working out they were trying to turn it into you know modern day supercar it was just interesting to see the evolution they had the prototypes and but uh you know the other thing i think that 
for that day, it was hot. Uh, yeah. It was a hot day. And that stop was a great stop as a museum with air conditioning. Air conditioning. Just a, it was a great <laughs> stop. You know, I think thinking yeah. about that, thinking about that weather we talked about a little bit ago here, plan it out. I mean, two hours of air conditioning that day was what we needed because it was hot. I agree. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So, day three, I think, was the day we finally made it all the way out to, to Mayberry. A little bit underwhelming um, for me. Hey. I think my anticipation of what I was going to see was bigger than the thing, but... The museum was pretty cool. I mean, you got to walk through. It was kind of like a do-your-own, like, um, with headphone kind of thing. And yeah. You got to hear, you know, so it was kind of like take your own pace, which was nice. So, And there was some cool things to see for sure, but yeah. it was just okay. Yeah, it was just all right. Yeah. But then on the way, this is kind of one of our audibles that we found. Oh, yeah. Um, so- this Coming was, away from the main, yeah. Yeah, this was one of my favorite stops, it, it turned out to be. Uh, you know, drive, and I don't remember what highway we were on, but um, just off to our left, we could see the sign for Bristol Motor Speedway. Speed, yep. And uh, Thunder, what do they call it, Thunder Valley? Yes, drag, drag correct. Uh, there was the sign, and, uh, you know, I, I we had the hel- helmet communicators. Yep. I said, hey, let's turn around and go back, see if we can get a close look at this place, because one thing I remembered is, um, I knew that place had like the high bank turns because right. it was in the movie Cars. Yep, it's a well, sh- it's sort a, of. it's a short track, so that yeah, it's, it's like a half mile. It's a track. half mile track, and uh, I think in Cars they made it look like it was a mile long <laughs> oval. But um, so we went back, and the gate was open. There was nobody there that day. Uh, there wasn't a car in the parking lot, and it was like the whole thing was wide open. In fact, we rode our motorcycles like right up under the the stands, yes. the bleachers, yep, like underneath, and I, and. And got out and walked into the stands, and we could go up to the curves, and it was amazing. It was amazing. I, that it was like a coliseum for racing. It was a because, coli- that, yeah. That's a great way to describe yeah. it. it. It was so cool, and and just being there to see the those those angled turns, you know, the high banked walls, you know, wow, you know, it was unbelievable. Um, and we, we weren't sure if there was any security there or not, like up in the maybe in the press box the or deck. something. But uh, Tom was going, I think we should take a ride around the track on our bikes. <laughs> Better not. There might be cameras. Honestly, though, I don't think that there was, I don't, there was nothing stopping us from There's doing probably that. Probably nothing stopping um, us, but we would have been on camera, I'm thinking for sure. Ah, you know, whatever. <laughs> it would have been worth it. Yeah. What's, I mean, the gate is open. Is it really illegal? Well, good point. Good we point. should go back. We should go back. Oh, so that now, was a, now they're going to lock. <laughs> that was a great day, great find, great kind of uh, ad hoc add on. And then, I think on the way back home, we hit uh, you know went through Kentucky. We end yeah. up in Paducah a lot. There's one place we've always missed us. One of these days when we get down there, when I go, it's like it's like the hole in the wall cave. But uh, the bridge was actually closed when we were coming back oh, through there, and yeah. it was actually raining that day. I don't know if you remember yeah. that. It was a mess of a day, but yeah. one of these times I want to get to that. I think it's, I think there's some Jesse James. Maybe somebody was like a hangout, a hold up, you know, like or something. That sounds familiar. someday yeah, we'll get there. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. And then, you know, the last day, a lot of times we're beating it home, and so there wasn't a whole lot the last day. But really good trip. Lot, you know, didn't go down to the tail dragon. We were in the neighborhood. We kind of stayed north of that. Um, but yeah, that that's fun to pick mm-hmm. a theme, um, stick with it. Um, we also like to do T-shirts. You yeah. know, we usually try to do a T-shirt, but I, I don't know if I ever told you this, but the T-shirt that I had for this was, um, it was actually I couldn't get it printed because they said I was stealing the copyright of Barney Fife. Oh, so, but I'll, we did have T-shirts for this. We, we did, did but it wasn't the one. I got, oh, okay, I okay. got uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. I got banned. I got shadow banned on it or something. (laughs) Yeah, they wouldn't let me do it. Yeah. Because I stole the image from the internet. Oh, gotcha. I was making print in five. It wasn't like we were... (laughs) uh, We weren't selling. Right, so... Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I enjoy so. I enjoy the shirts you make because you always put the map like on the back yeah. and you know some of the it's places. Fun. Yeah, that's um, cool. Uh, we need to make sure we keep doing that. Something fun that we do. Yeah. Make make shirts and it's birthdays, it's whatever's and you know like we we do. I mean, we always write. Well, not always, but it seems like we always end up writing on our birthday. Right, like, Labor, Day Labor Day time is week, usually yeah. our birthday time, yeah. and you know so yeah. Um, but the shirts are fun, um, you know. Great now it's gotten so. to the point now where people are just wearing only shirts for, for, for know, my old shirts. shirts. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. we have so many now. But yeah. uh, they're totally worth it. Usually, I'll throw something together on like uh, one of the sites and just get them sent. You know, so yeah. we should probably make make way for the ones that we didn't we <laughs> right. didn't get done. So right, but yeah. So anyway, the podcast can be found on bestmotorcycleroads.com slash podcast. All the information you need will be there, uh, but you can subscribe on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple, Pocket Cast, and YouTube. This is the interactive segment. We will be looking for input from you. Uh, we want you to send us your questions and suggestions for roads, topics, and anything else you have on your mind. Today's roadside Q&A comes from James. And... Um, James has a question that uh, we have first-hand knowledge. <laughs> well, this... Okay, so it's... He wants to know, if, you know, if there's any great places to eat, you uh-huh. know, that uh, that are very memorable, and on this trip, right, this we, trip we, was perfect. We we found a memorable place to eat, <laughs> and uh, th- well, why don't you tell the story? Because sure. So I was looking up places, you know, just yeah. trying to find unique places to eat that are local, because we try to do the local thing, and I found a place in uh, Indiana, Ed- Edinburgh, Indiana, the Edinburgh Diner. Um, as a as a good sized tenderloin, it had to be twenty inches across. <laughs> it, it was like, like a pizza pan size. <laughs> I guess the question I really need to know is I didn't I should have asked this. This this has been a good question for me to ask. Let me see the fryer for this thing. Cause yeah, like, right. Yeah. What are you, are you yeah, cooking this point. thing? I didn't in even a, think about that. In a in a dumpster full of oil back there. Because <laughs> they what? didn't fold it in half. No, no. it's not folded. <laughs> So, honestly, it was that big, and you could have put four buns on it and still not even... Maybe six. It would have held, like, I'll bet 12 buns would have finally covered that whole thing. It was so gigantic. But what was also interesting about this is we had talked about stopping there on our way, Yep. but we didn't. Nope. So we said, we're going to make sure we hit that on the way back. Well, our friend Chris had to leave a day early. Right. Okay. And Chris is one of these guys that always wants to, you know... Surprise you and do something nice and He's do something a good funny. Old guy. Yeah, yeah, he just good cat. He, he does this to us. So, <laughs> so Chris left a day early, and uh, we were going back on our our route home, and we're gonna hit the Edinburgh Diner, right? Yep. So we get there and sit down, and the four or five of us, you know, all ordered the tenderloins, and they, you know, just covered the table. These things were gigantic, and then we went to pay, and uh, the waitress said it's all been taken care of. We're like, <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean it's been taken care of? Well, some guy rode through here yesterday, and he, he paid for all your meals. So thank you, Chris. Oh, my gosh. but <laughs> That was awesome. I, I don't know how he set that up or how he, how he got that accomplished. but Can uh, you, I just imagine them saying, so you're saying that someone's going to come in here tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow someone's going to so come. Yeah, what the? Yeah. So, yeah, big tenderloin. I would give it a shot. 
Yeah. Um, I ate it. I finished her. Uh, it was a lot. I was not even close. There's another place that has a big tenderloin too. I think I was telling you about in Iowa, and it's uh, Saint Olaf, Iowa. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a. It may not be that big, but it is probably twice as thick. Thick. Yeah. I've seen it with four buns on it, so <laughs> it's only a four bunner. Oh, this this thing uh, had to be twelve. Oh, I'm telling you. That it was. It was gigantic. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but these are the places that are fun to find. Yeah. Um, I love your tenderloin Nettenberg, but don't have the dessert. Um, oh. I'm just going to say. <laughs> I hope they're so, not watching. Well, you know, facts are facts. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I mean, when you get to enjoy, these are the things, like you say. It's, yeah. just, it's a memory. I don't know. You know, I mean, what an, you know, an experience. And, right. You know, we, we've been talking about it for years now. So. <laughs> Indeed. Edinburgh Diner. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. So now is the last mile. It's kind of how we close the episode. We talk about the things that we've liked the most about the trips. Um, so, Todd, what, is, what, what do you like? What was the... Well, for this, you know, this trip you planned out to, um, you know, the Andy Griffith Museum. Yeah. You know, whether we are Andy Griffith fans or not, it was still a destination to go to. But the cool places we found along the way or stopped at, yeah. you know, the Santa Claus, Indiana. The whole, <laughs> whole town is all Santa Claus and there's... You know, little uh, toy stores, and the, their yeah. lakes are all, you know, themed yeah. around, uh, you know, that. And uh, the Corvette Museum, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the Bristol Sp- Speedway is something I'll never forget. Um, I have some great photos from there. Yeah. Just really be looking out for some of those things. Along, it doesn't matter your final destination if you no. can find some great places, you know, to hit along the way and on the way back. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I would I would agree. Like the flexibility of finding the speedway was awesome. I liked the Corvette Museum, but I also it was I shouldn't bash the whole Andy uh, Griffith thing. The town was cool. Yeah, uh, it was. Yeah, and it just kind of had a cool little vibe. Um, you know, I think we locked, walked around. I think we kind of hit it in a bad time of the day too. I think mm-hmm. things were starting to kind of close down a little bit. It was like later afternoon. Yeah. So I think it would have been fun. It seemed like they had kind of a a downtown that would have been fun to hang out yeah. in too. So yeah, that I think for me, um, being flexible, yeah. being alert and, and seeing things and just not being afraid to pull in and, and see the biggest ball of yarn somewhere. <laughs> or what, what was the, uh, the statue we saw on the last trip? Minnesota. Oh, the Viking statue. The Viking statue. Yeah. There was another one too, wasn't there with the, the blue ox? Uh, <laughs> well, was, no, it is. <laughs> wasn't no, that on no, the, trip? the biggest bluegill. Oh, the, was a blue, there was a bluegill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, those are the fun the crappie. Me. Maybe it was a giant it crappie. It might have been. Yeah. But uh, getting pictures of those things, yeah. you got to do it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, check out the next episode Overcoming Challenges on the Road How to Be Prepared to Be Prepared. Um, if this episode revved up your day, don't keep it to yourself. Like, subscribe, and share it with your crew. We're about the thrill of the ride and the bonds it creates. Keep the spirit of adventure alive, and remember, bikes, friends, and endless roads, the stories ride forever. Take care. <laughs>